You realize we spend a third of our life sleeping? I know, stuck in traffic was a good guess, too. But now that you know you sleep so much, why aren't you sleeping on the most comfortable mattress arguably made in America? A brand new iComfort Eco by Serta. It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Serta's perfect sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Serta mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's Serta.com. Hungry Howie's knows there's nothing better than pepperoni pizza, but the question is, which pepperoni reigns supreme? Now, you got the crispy, classic cupped pepperoni, you know, the satellite dishes. Big fan. But why choose one when you get both? They got a pepperoni duo coming up. See, this is more up my alley right here. Pepperoni duo, you're getting the classic cup pepperoni plus the original plus 100% real cheese, unlike a lot of these other places around town. Get a large pepperoni duo, $9.99, only at Hungry Howie's. All right, cash the ticket with you here on a Monday. We're on a solo mission, people, because Jim Costa's busy sponge bathing Jim Harbaugh. He did a little morning radio here in Detroit. Uh, I can't do the rate, review, subscribe the way he does. I don't over-enunciate my words the way he does. But if you would be so kind, we are at 1,900 reviews on Apple. We are approaching 1,000 on Spotify. Big numbers. Take five seconds. Hitting the five-star helps. It helps with the algorithm. But writing the reviews is what really helps. I don't make the rules. So we really appreciate you. We're going to get to a mailbag today. And then what I wanted to do is, for my local listeners, it's no secret I'm a Michigan State fan. It's no secret that this week they open the season. And it's also no secret Mel Tucker is a flashpoint in college football because of his contract. And he said some things this past week. And I want to get into it a little bit and then talk a little bit about the state of my program, so to speak. Um, and yes, MSU plays central, and when Jim decides to come to work, we'll have that conversation because I think that's a game Jim is betting on CMU. He's going to the game. He will be one of those people entering an opposing stadium in bad colors. So it's going to be exciting. Um, so let's get to it. I want to I want to lead with the mailbag. Cash the ticket podcast at gmail.com. Any and all emails are welcome. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, things you'd like us to address. Life problems will help you out. Um, Here is the first one from the mailbag. Guys, I might have missed it, but did Cookies ever do the Getting to Know Costa episode like Mike did last year? Also, I don't know how feasible it actually is, but I'd love to have an adjusted record for the football season based on units earned lost instead of wins lost because the odds are rarely even money. Gil, okay, two notes. Yes, we can do that. I actually don't have a problem with that. Um, I guess the reason we didn't do it last year is one of the big things with the pod is we're very straightforward. Every game is a unit. You can do basic math and do your calculation. Now, you're right. You're going to see a minus 115 here or a minus 105 there. What you're never going to see Jim and I doing is taking a minus 125. We don't do money line bets. Um, I guess maybe it's lazy. I just viewed it as common sense. And look, the record speaks, good or bad. Um, It kind of normalizes. But if that's something you want, we can do it. Hey, let me help you. Jim's minus 1.1. Yikes on Navy. So happy I didn't board that sinking ship. And I'm undefeated. I'm now retiring from the pod. Go Hawaii, go. Evan, I'm 1-0. We should shut it down right here. It's Shut it down. down. Um, And the big game bet, I'm going to be honest with you. 
I'm never going to tell you what I'm betting on it. And you guys should never share what you bet. I don't know what Jim bets. He doesn't know what I bet. Um, I think it's tacky. I think everything about betting is context. You bet what you can afford, what you're willing to lose, what's acceptable in your life. And I don't think it's important to advertise that. But Gil, I hear you. We can do it. Part two, if your question is, did Jim ever do dot, 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 my general answer is no. Because Jim is what we call, Jim's a stallion, but he's a bit of a lazy horse. You really, you got to keep after him. You know what he is? Jim is the tapatrice of this show. Tapatrice is a wonderful horse. Just ran in the Travers this weekend, ran a bang-up race, but he's a lazy horse. All the talent in the world, but his jockeys, Evan, they're just riding him from the go. Come on, buddy, it's go time. Come on, buddy, it's go time. They put blinkers on him. They try to get him up into the race, and he's just like, hey, guys, this is fun. And then the last 16th, the last quarter mile, he'll engage and be like, ooh, I got to work now. And the problem is he can't get there. But no, Jim did not do the getting to know you, and I, I would like to see him do that. Um, this one comes by way of Chris in Grand Junction. Hello, distinguished gentlemen and cookies. I like that. After listening to the latest episode, I actually took the time to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, an honest one even. Thank you very much. Uh, after about 10 minutes of trying to figure out how to leave the review on a podcast app on my iPhone, of which I've been a user for about 15 years, I got nowhere. I'm sure I can look it up and maybe take 30 seconds in an episode to quickly explain how to do it, since I'm probably not the only one. I've been listening since the Sully days, and the show just gets better every year. Well, Chris, I have interesting news for you, and I can't lie to you. All I know is when, when I've gone to other podcasts, I just see a thing that says five, the, the stars are blank and you can hit one, two, three, four, five, and then there's a little write a review tab. That's all I see. So when you go in, you got to click the show. You scroll down past the episodes, and once the episodes are done, you see the review section. You would then, hypothetically speaking, click five stars, and then that little write a review tab, you write your review. Evan, is that... Okay, see, we're not all turning into our parents. I'll have the jalapeno poppers. Thanks for continuing an entertaining and insightful cash ticket season two. I was along for the ride in a lucrative season one. Love the banner and the comedy. How do I find the YouTube video segments? I've seen the first on-demand taping and the deep in the heart of Texas Big 12 clip on Mike and the CTT page. I've only found those two, though. Thanks, keep providing the... This is in quotes, it's four L's, five U's, six E's, value picks, insert the Howard Dean cheer. Mark, um, Evan, what is the plan with the video for the season? And Evan's not on microphone, bear with me, but I'll hear him and relay it to you guys. What is our plan? How many video segments are we giving these guys a week now that we're in the mix? About five. Five a week. We wanted to give you guys the taster flight and just put it on there. We didn't want to, I'm, I'm going to be transparent. I can't be anybody else. We don't want to waste our time with the preseason stuff. It takes a lot of work. Um, this is not like some radio shows that have five writers and four video people and a partridge in a pear tree. All right. It's a highly successful podcast. It's a podcast that is a revenue generating podcast, but make no mistake. Now, this is not our full-time gig and our entire video editing team and audio editing team is Evan. So, no, that's not a shot. It's be understanding. 
you know, we work hard at this. It's a passion thing for me. Uh, I'm not quitting my daytime, my, my day job anytime soon. Uh, I'm very proud of the fact this is one of the best podcasts this company has. It's one of the most lucrative this company has. Um, and we want to take it to new places. And as a part of that growth, yes, um, we want to hire more people. Look, what we've talked about, if you haven't listened to it, the download the episodes, the kickoff episode, all when we started this. Uh, this was early August. Guys, we are hiring a couple people, uh, people we know, of course, but to give you an extra 200 picks during the season of NBA and NHL, Evan's golf project that we tested is going to be year-round. And then we have a West Coast correspondent. I mean, no, we didn't hire Petros Papadakis. I'm pretty sure we, we could afford Petros. I'm, su- I'm sure his, I mean, Petro, Petros strikes me as like a $20 cameo guy. Like you could go on cameo and Petros Papadakis would wish you a happy fucking birthday or something. Go see if he's on cameo. He strikes me as that. The point I'm making is uh, we're going to be giving you more of more. And yes, the video, four to five a week on the YouTube channel. All you need to do to find these you go to the Valeni Show with Rico, which is my daytime job, our afternoon show here in Detroit. The cash ticket will live on there. And then my kickoff show with Boomer Esiason, that lives on there. It's one-stop shopping, whether you hate me or love me. And it's all there. All right, the reviews, simple. I think the best one I've ever read. I know I went to Apple briefly while I was in Saratoga this weekend, and some guy told me his four-year-old kid was running around the kitchen screaming, value. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I do want to read this, though, because this communicates. This is from Kirk. And this communicates exactly what I want this pod to be. I think it's part of the reason it's successful. Great show. Five stars. Enjoy the show. I was never a sports better until I started listening to your show. Thanks a lot, LOL. But don't worry. I bet responsibly, and I won't end up in a dumpster. Excellent. Had a decent weekend. Got value in bet SDSU. Uh, and, and thanks to Mike's pre-NCA tournament tip on UConn, I'm hopeful for the upcoming games. Thanks, guys. Another one of the reviews. Great content, entertaining, insightful between two hosts with great chemistry. Uh, that comes way of Ryan. Um, th- these are the ones I love, though. Guys writing in, and I'm not going to read all of these. I don't bet, but I still find value in it, all jokes aside. Like, we want this to be a podcast where you're keeping up on football, and if you happen to care about the betting, great. If you don't, here's what you can take out of betting talk. If betting talk is done the right way, it's really people talking about football and trying to predict who's going to win a game and what the margin is, et cetera. That has value. You know what? Time out. That has value, value, no matter whether you bet or not. Because if you're a football fan, you want to hear football talked about, yeah, you want to be informed, but you got to be entertained. I think the problem with a lot of podcasts is the people aren't entertaining. It's not their fault. They're just shitty broadcasters. They're not good at it. It's not what they do for a living. You know, you can't put a mathematician on the air and ask him to be Jerry Seinfeld. It's just likely not going to work. So we are going to try even adding more, like today's episode. Great example. I want to get into it right now. I wanted to do the Michigan State thing. For two reasons. A, the coach is a flashpoint. B, I cater to listeners. Obviously, we have a national audience and and we're doing great in a lot of emerging markets. But it's also, I want to cater to my people here. And maybe you didn't get a chance to listen to the radio show, but I want to spend a little time on Michigan State because 
look, the season's coming up. I think Michigan State is one of these teams. It's been a popular uh, pleasure rag. I mean, honestly, Michigan State has just been what people are cleaning their their, their, their tires with all offseason. Uh, from a betting perspective, the over-under is five and a half, and it is minus 184 to the under. They are begging you to take the over. Begging. They're one step from offering you a free dinner if you bet the over. And it's terrifying. And I wanted to talk about the Mel Tucker thing because I did this on my radio show, and my phone blew up. It's no secret. I don't do social media. I don't give a shit about it. It doesn't mean anything to me. I put my product out there on YouTube because it's about making money. Uh, I'm not on Twitter. Well, it's not Twitter. What the, uh, it's not. It's X now, whatever X is. Um, I don't care about that stuff. I just don't. For me, my job's create the content. I know the content's good. And with all due respect, like I don't, I don't really need a whole lot of validation. The reviews are about fun and enjoyment. And yes, it's an algorithm. The better the reviews are, I mean, I care about that validation. But realistically, I don't, I don't need that shit every day. My phone blew up with what I did on Michigan State this week, and I'm going, why? It's not even a hot take. Uh, Mel Tucker did an interview with a local columnist, and I found his comments galling, essentially complaining um, about NIL and INeedMoreMoney.com. And I'm sitting here, and I'm going, okay, wait a second. So first things first, here's what he said, and here's my issue. And then we'll get into the season and the rest. He said, well, I don't know how you have a high expectation and championship aspirations and expectations if you don't have championship NIL. Well, first things first, you went five and seven. Second of all, you're one of the highest, what, seven or eight paid coaches in America at 9.5 million a year. They just built you a brand new football facility that is roughly like $80 million dollars. Your recruiting's in the toilet. I mean, MSU currently is 15th in the Big Ten, 52nd nationally. It's unacceptable. Here's what we know. I mean, Mel, if you want the truth, uh, your recruiting department's been a disaster now for two years because you hired the wrong people. And I'm not even going to get into the the Salid or Saheed Khalif, whatever his name was, the guy they hired from Wisconsin. We don't even need to go there. Let me just tell you absolute disaster with some of the things I've heard behind the scenes. A disaster, and they needed to move away from him. The point is, Mel Tucker's prioritized the sizzle, which is cool. I mean, who doesn't like pictures of your coach with a Ferrari? I mean, I dig it. Hey, we're burning a cigar. Fun. I love cigars. Um, But they're a bridesmaid and never a bride. They're not landing, these players. And if the NIL's not where it needs to be, Let me be unequivocal when I say this. That's a your problem, not a me problem. It's your job to raise the money. You know, what we see from Mel Tucker all the time, I'm courtside with billionaires. Look at me. My glasses are $1,000, and I'm in a five grand puff vest by Montclair. I don't give a fuck. Go get the money. Otherwise, your problem, not my problem. And what I heard, you know, friends called me, look at this, you're in another article. I go, I don't give a shit. It doesn't mean anything. And second of all, I'm at the Travers. Leave me alone. It is not, I love the defense mechanism from some people. Oh, it's a call to action. You know, Ryan Day did the same thing. Well, newsflash, you're not Ryan fucking Day, Mel. Ryan Day's like 50 and five. Ryan Day has established himself as one of the best coaches in America. Ryan Day also doesn't get paid what you get paid. 
Ryan Day's earned the right to browbeat his boosters. You know who hasn't? You. It came off to me as somebody who is starting to realize how difficult the Michigan State job is. And I have never run from this. While Michigan State to me has always been a sleeping giant, it is one of the most difficult jobs in America. Geographically speaking, you do not have the talent that the Southern schools have. Second of all, you are in the shadow of OSU. You're in the shadow of Michigan and you're in the shadow of Notre Dame, both geographically and with the oxygen in the room and regionally recruiting. It's hard. No one said it'd be easy. But wait for it, I don't give a shit. The, the wind blows hardest at the top of the flagpole. You took a contract, 9.5 a year, you're one of the top 10 highest paid guys in America. Figure it out. You know what I don't need? A week before the season, you and the newspaper essentially shitting all over your team. Hate to break it to you. You're, you're kind of tempering the expectations directly, indirectly, subconsciously. Here's the deal. You're a week before the season and you're saying, well, we can't get the best players, so we can't win the most things. Cutscene, game week. Huh? See, this is my problem. He was brought here to be the CEO of Michigan State football. Michigan State under Mark D'Antonio did some incredible things. But Mark, towards the end, forget about it. I mean, he, he was done. He was baked. He left the program in a bad spot. MSU needed to modernize. Okay? I like the idea of Mel Tucker. Much like I like the idea of Deion Sanders. Much like I like the idea of Lane Kiffin. The idea of Steve Sarkeesian. And what I mean by that is none of these guys are, to me, none of these guys are perfect and none of these guys are high-level schematic. And, and what I mean is when you hire Lincoln Riley, I'm getting an incredible offensive coordinator, offensive genius, offensive savant. I'm going to win Heisman trophies with my quarterbacks. I don't think that's any of the people I just listed. Mel Tucker was brought in and get Michigan State into the conversation. Get Michigan State more oxygen in the room. Get the recruiting where it needs to be. Get the program branding where it needs to be. I think he's done a lot of that. But here's where we're at. You're not winning enough games. The NBA playoffs are underway and you want to get to the game? Me too, but I'm a Pistons fan. Let me live through you. Get your tickets with Game Time. Game Time is an authorized ticket marketplace of the NBA, which means you're getting your playoff tickets even faster. Prices on Game Time actually go down closer to tip-off. Save up to 60% buy-in last minute for sports, concerts, comedy, whatever. Like, let's look at the Denver Nuggets. Reigning champs, hot ticket. You click on the uh, the game in the app. Flash deals, under 300 bucks. Yellow lightning bolt, it stands out. Red fire emoji, cheapest seat, 115 bucks, And that's all-in pricing. That's no surprise fees at checkout. I've used game time to buy Red Wings tickets. Nothing better than going to a baseball game day of. Boom, boom, you click in, easy to navigate. Take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with game time. Download the game time app and create an account. Use that code CASH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code Cash, C-A-S-H, for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So here's what we know about Mel Tucker. So let's do the positives first. I'll do the positives. We know this guy understands branding and hype and sizzle. We know it. I'm good with it. Now, the downside when you're taking pictures with pit bulls, Ferraris, and the rest, and you get destroyed by Minnesota, that's a problem. You're going to hit with a garbage can, and rightfully so. Um, We know he has a vision for this program. We know the, the Mel Tucker career path and where he comes from. I know schematically, not schematically, from a typecast standpoint, I know what he wants on the offensive line. I know what he wants on the D-line. I know what he expects out of his corners. He, he has size requirements for players that he will recruit or he, or he won't recruit you. Um, they have an idea of what they want, highly selective recruiting. I think that's great if you're Georgia. I think it's a bit of an issue when you're Michigan State because you end up having a recruiting board Uh, They could be empty because you missed out on every five-star and most of your four-stars. Now, here's what we know on the downside, okay? He's a guy who came in amidst COVID, and it was a total disaster. You can call it whatever you want. You want to tell me the season's fake. That's fine. They won two football games. They opened up in front of cardboard cutouts, and thank God, or they would have been booed off the field against Rutgers. It was a shit show. The team was fucking horrible, all right? Awful COVID year. Now, they go to 21. Here's what we know. He actively used the portal, and whether it's luck or not, you get credit for it. He landed one of the five best transfer portal transfers, maybe in college football history, with Kenneth Walker III. First touch of the season, touchdown, 80 yards. He was Barry Sanders, all right? The problem is, if you're a real Michigan State fan, you know about that team. You know the offensive line wasn't very good. QB play was above average based on K-9. Wide receiver play with Jaden Reed, who's now with the Packers. Jalen Naylor, who's now with the Vikings, was already good. Kenneth Walker made him great. The defense was a fucking clown car. See, this is what we know. Mel Tucker now entering year four at Michigan State or year three. If you think COVID's fake, you do whatever you like. 
Mel Tucker's a defensive coach who runs a horseshit defense. We know it. Say whatever you like. Well, he doesn't have the players or the these injuries. Look, last year, we know the injuries were bad. 27 different starters on D. At a certain point, I'm paying you $9.5 million to figure it the fuck out. Mel Tucker said, I'm going to personally take over coaching the corners, coaching the secondary. How'd that work? It didn't. It was horrific, even worse last year. Here's what we know. He hired Jay Johnson. He hired Scotty Hazelton, OCDC. They're paid as top 15, top 20 coordinators, and they both could have and would have been fired at other programs. Mel Tucker's attached his wagon to these two gentlemen. And I think this year is the most important year for Mel Tucker and one of the most important years for Michigan State football ever. Because right now, your ass is in the jackpot. And you got an offensive coordinator who the only time the offense really was functional was with Barry Sanders in the backfield. I, I just call it what it is, guys. It's reality. And a defensive coordinator whose defense has, wait for it, let me check my notes, yup, has never been functional. Ever. We know this to be true. Now you're complaining a week before the season that you don't have enough money, that you don't have what you need. When all the school has done is line up and make you a top 10 paid coach, line up, build a brand new football facility, give you all the tools you need, line up and give you an assistant coaching pool that is greater than anything Mark D'Antonio could ever dream of. And what you've returned is this, a group of assistant coaches who no one would hire Jay Johnson if he were fired today. No Power 5 school. I stand by that comment. Scotty Hazelton would not be a Power 5 defensive coordinator if he were fired. So you didn't staff it right. You had a couple good staffing moves. Uh, it's been in flux. Marco Coleman on the D-line left. Brandon Jordan, which was an innovative hire, a, a real recruiting angled pass rush specialist who all the pros work with, he left. Your recruiting department has been a disaster because you trusted the wrong people. You hired the wrong people. So I'm just a big believer. The cool part about being the boss, you get credit when things are great. A lot of times you don't even deserve the credit, but you get the credit. You know what else you get? All the fucking blame. So I don't know why this was such a hot button issue for people. I just call it like I see it. Do I want Mel Tucker to be good? Of course I do. Do I want him to be successful? Of course I do. Do I think there's a pathway to being successful? Yeah. But as they enter this season, and I'll transition into the where are we now, I don't want to hear, oh, my God, our schedule's difficult. Well, what do you think I do? I pay you $9.5 million because I like you? Like, if I'm Michigan State, you, you think I'm paying you $9.5 million because you look awesome standing next to a, a, a Range Rover? What the fuck are we talking about? So Michigan State schedule, is it difficult? Of course it is. Why? Why? I don't care. Here's what I think I know about the team this year, all right? I don't think they will miss Peyton Thorne that much. I like Peyton Thorne. I like the most, more than most Spartan fans. But Peyton Thorne was above average. He was never great. He was certainly never an All-American. I think Peyton Thorne's success and the record-breaking year he had, it, it goes right back to K-9. I'd hate to break it to you. Last year, the kid played hurt. I'll never question his toughness, but he wasn't that good. The quarterbacks they got, I mean, Noah Kim is a guy who's been there three years, maybe an under-the-radar recruit. He won multiple state championships in high school. He's a bookworm. He's a gym rat. He's mobile. And he's going against an Elite 11 quarterback, kid out of California named Kaden Hauser. 
big arm talent, big time recruit, the whole bit. You don't hear about it locally because everyone's busy sucking Michigan's toes. But it's he's an elite 11 kid. He's a four-star recruit. I think both will play. I don't think there's one guy who's going to win this thing the first couple weeks. I think they both play. But I think whatever they get out of the QB situation will be at least what they got last year. I just don't think it'll be worse. The offensive line, we always make the joke. Well, I'm returning all these players. Yeah, well, what if the players are shit? Here's your thing. I think you're going to have a new starter at left tackle. I think there's a chance they brought in the number one Juco tackle in America, a kid named Blackstock. I think there's a chance he steals a spot. They got a four-star recruit a couple years back, a kid named Gino Vandemark. I think he's going to start at right guard. You're going to get the experience plus an infusion of some high-level players. The O-line to me, I think, will be better. How much? I'm never going to promise you that. Running backs, I don't love them. A lot of times there's a hole created. These kids don't hit it. Sometimes they hit it. They're doing it tentatively. Easy for me to say. I don't have 300-pound people trying to rip my fucking head off. But I'm making the point, if you want to get paid to play college football, I, this, is, this is the life you chose. Um, everything I'm hearing is the kid they got out of the portal from UConn and Nate Carter is a revelation. Now, I'm careful about that. Because the easiest thing you can do is lull yourself into going, well, we found the next K-9. Let me be clear when I say this. There is no next K-9. There is no next Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is the single greatest running back to ever play at Michigan State University. Sorry to everybody 60 and up who's going to say Lorenzo White. I don't give a fuck about carrying it 40 times for five yards of carry. Kenneth Walker was the best singular running back I had ever seen play at Michigan State University. He was a walking touchdown with very little help. Wide receivers, I'm scared shitless. Truly. Loss of Keon Coleman, it hurts. You don't replace 6'4 guys with that type of catch radius and that type of ability. Uh, lost him to Florida State. Keon just clearly, it didn't matter what MSU did. From what I heard, they matched. They had to go to Keon three times during his time at Michigan State to up the ante. And at a certain point, you just don't want to be here. You know, you want to fuck other people. Well, God bless. Have a good time. Good luck out there at the bar. Um, the wide receivers, it's going to be a collection of guys that I'm not that excited about. I can't lie to you. Um, hopefully someone steps up. Tight end, I think they have a star, potentially, Malik Carr. Two-sport athlete, four-star recruit, 6'7", 270, kind of a Darnell Washington. Yes, the other sport he played, it wasn't polo. It was basketball. And he's finally allegedly learned how to block a little bit. He's finally understood if you don't block anybody, you're not going to play in the NFL. Because newsflash, kid, you're, you're, George Kittle might be the best two-way tight end in the league because he hammers people and blocks and catches Rob Gronkowski, blocked and catches. You're not Travis Kelsey because no one is. Everybody else, uh, you'll, you, you're not going to be a first-round, second-round pick if you don't do both. I think the offense has a chance to be, okay, good enough. Defensively is where the real fucking problem is. Now, do I think they'll be better on the line? Yes. Five-star transfer from AM, this Tumisi, Adele kid, whatever his name is. Is he any good? I couldn't fucking tell you. He's played two games. But he's a five-star, and AM saw fit to pay for him. He's at Michigan State. They got a four-star kid from Penn State, Ken Talley. Um, they're going to be awesome inside. I can't speak to the edges, but inside. MSU's D-tackle room, I'd stack against anybody. Guys like Simeon Barrow, guys like Harmon, um, Young, Alex Van Sumren, Ben Van Sumren's little brother, big-time recruit. Michigan State inside. They went and got a 6'6", 340-pound 
you know, run stuffer out of Colorado, kid named Simi. I think MSU is going to be filled with, with dogs on the interior. It is the end position I am terrified of because I don't remember the last time MSU had a pass rush. Is that part of why the secondary is so bad? Yeah, but also I think the scheme's a bit of horseshit, but we'll get to that in a minute. Linebacking room, it's a love-hate thing with Cal Halliday. He's an all-Big Ten player, and everybody loves the story. Oh, my God, look at this dairy farmer out of the fucking corn stalks, and he doesn't wear gloves. Here's the other thing he doesn't do. He can't cover anybody. And in today's game, it's very hard to be a 1985-style linebacker. And then on third down, it's third and 11, sight adjustment at the line of scrimmage, play calls at the, at the line of scrimmage, who's, who's 27 on, and now I'm going to fucking destroy you because you can't cover anybody. Do I think they have a shot to be better? Yeah, because it can't be any worse. Let me be clear. Linebacking unit was ravaged by injuries last year. They are adding, a, 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 again, it's another big recruit. MSU's recruiting well, but they're not getting enough players, and they're not getting the, the top of the top that they need. But they got this kid, Jordan Hall, who everything I've heard, he's going to start for this team. Out of IMG Academy in Florida, big-time kid, film rat, good kid, and he'll add a, an element there. You know, I wish they had Darius Snow healthy, but he, he basically broke every bone in his body in the opener, and it's going to be a while before he's back. I think he'll play this year, but I don't think it's going to be early in the season. Um, the real issue is the secondary, and I can't speak to this enough. My biggest disappointment with Mel Tucker is you are a guy who played, you, you played in the secondary at Wisconsin. You've coached DBs. You said you were personally going to take over the secondary to fix this. And whether it's your evaluations, your scheme, your message, I have never seen a level of bullshit like I've seen the last three years for Michigan State football when it comes to defense. Now, I am never going to tell you that I haven't seen bad defense. So, of course, I have. I lived through Bobby Williams. I lived through John L. Smith. I cannot even identify what the fuck Michigan State hopes to accomplish in the secondary on a play-to-play -play basis. I mean, it is... It's almost like if I, like I've been with Evan in Vegas. There comes a point in the night where Evan goes weed gummy mode. He wants to sit in front of a slot machine, watch the bright lights and the noises, and I kind of just leave him there like a child being raised by an iPad. And they're just watching Peppa Pig or uh, my nephew loves a Paw Patrol, big Paw Patrol guy. That's Evan. That's what MSU is. It's like, every, it's like the corners and safeties all have an iPad and they're watching fucking lamb chops. Like, I, I don't, blown assignments, um, 10 yards of cushion on third and five, third and 18, dropping seven, rushing four, people are open everywhere. I, guys, that to me is a major red flag. Now, you want to tell me that if the pass rush is better, it'll improve the back end. You're right. But you would have to have the, Pitts, the Blitzburg Steelers out of the 70s up front to fix this shit. At some point, the people you've identified have to play. Now, in the past, MSU's been littered with, with transfers to plug the holes. They're finally going to have some of their recruits in here. A guy I continue to hear is having a superstar camp and is going to be a great player for them is a kid named Malik Spencer. He's going to start. They got a four-star recruit kid named Dylan Tatum, local product here. Kid Michigan wanted. That's a kid that's going to start. Um, they got Mangum, the little brother from the running back transfer they got. He's going to play a big role. These are all big-time recruits now. And then, look, they've identified some kids at corner. 
little bit lower level of recruit, which by the way, how the fuck can't you recruit high level corners when you're offering immediate PT and alleged competitive NIL? Again, red flag on you, Mel, but I'd like to think the secondary would be better only because it can't be worse. I mean, they are one of the 10 worst secondaries in college football over the course of the last three years. It's unspeakable. Uh, special teams, no, they're going to be worse at punter. Why? Bryce Berenger is the best punter in America. Kicker, the only way it would get worse is if they had Lieutenant Dan as a kicker and he didn't have any fucking legs. You would snap the ball and it would just sit there until the, the, the other team took it. It, it. It's just where we're at. So look, here's the schedule. They open against CMU, open against Richmond, home against UW, home Maryland, at Iowa, at Rutgers, home U of M, at Minnesota, home Nebraska, at OSU, at Indiana, and then in Detroit, don't even get me started, they gave away a home game to play at Ford Field against Penn State. All right, so what do I really, what do I expect? My expectations are following. If they don't win at least seven football games, Mel Tucker should be fired. That doesn't mean he will be fired. But if you can't get to seven wins, in year four of your program, or year three, if you consider COVID completely fake, you're telling me you're not a very good coach. You're not a very good CEO. You haven't hired a very good staff. You haven't recruited the right players. You weren't able to get to the portal and get the things you needed. I, I don't want to sit here. Look, with this schedule, look, CMU has to be a win or you should burn the stadium down. Richmond's a win. Now we get into, and here's how I classify these games. They have... Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Four games that everyone in America expects you to lose. I understand you're not going to win four of them. I understand you're not going to win three of them. I understand in most given years you're not going to win two of them. But you know what you're not going to do? You're not going to piss on my head and tell me it's raining and say you can't win one of them. I don't want to hear it. You're home against Washington. Since when did the Pac-12 going east to play the Big Ten become an easy thing? Second of all, I'm sorry, does Washington have a decade straight of elite recruiting and a decade straight of, right, what is this, fucking Georgia coming to town? Look, Kalen DeBoer is a hell of an OC and a hell of a coach, and Mike Penix, the link there, I get it. Nwuzu, the wide receiver's a stud. At a certain point, you got to stand up and accomplish something. Otherwise, why am I paying you like you're an elite coach? The pride factor with Michigan State football has always been rising up as an underdog. You're at home. Go win the fucking game. The Michigan game. Oh, I know. I can hear all the chuckles. But understand something. Let history be thy guide. Since MSU joined the Big Ten in the late 50s, the series is damn near even. And those wins come in East Lansing. Now, you want to go a little more granular the next time you're taking a shit? Go look at how many bad MSU teams have played good Michigan teams in Spartan Stadium and what's happened. Ask Michigan fans, ask them. Ask them about 93, ask them about 95, ask them about 01, ask them about going to over double overtime in like 05. Ask them about these games. It happens all the time. Ask them about 09. Now forget about some of the years where they just started drilling U of M. But ask him about 2017. Hell, we went to Ann Arbor. I don't even think that team was very good. Yeah, they won 10 games, but they were fake. They were fake. The point I'm making to you is when you have games at your place in college football, you have an opportunity. 
I need one of those four games to be a W. Otherwise, what are we paying you for besides fashion vests? Then we get into the next classification of games that I deem true coin flips. And this has been Mel Tucker's real weakness. Home against Maryland, at Minnesota, at Iowa, home Nebraska, okay? Those games are what we call coin flips. Those are the games you better win two of those four. You have to. What are we paying for, and what are you as a head coach if you allow Minnesota to come to town, fuck your wife, raid your fridge, and drive your car out after they're done? It's Minnesota. I don't want to hear it. So, got to win a couple of those. At Indiana, has to be a win. At Rutgers, has to be a win. So, total these up. CMU Richmond is two. Rutgers and Indiana is four. Now, I need one of the big four to get to five. And if you split the coin flips, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Maryland, that's seven. That is how I classify my expectations. That is what, that is the bare minimum for me to view you as anything other than an overpaid guy who might be over his head. Now, part of the beauty of college football and your everyday work life is you are constantly proving yourself against doubters. Do I want him to do well? Of course I do. I'm desperate to have Michigan State football be relevant and be good. But when I look at the betting market saying minus 184 to the under five and a half, and when I look at how some people view Michigan State, if they go five and seven, this man should be fired, period. And don't for a second go, oh, we can't pay to buy out. Oh, really? Where's all that sweet, sweet Big Ten TV money going? Hmm? Oh, that's right. Fuck you. Pay them and get them out of here. Six and six? Boy, I tell you, you would have to lose some real close games, play real well. I mean, this shit where they're taking the field against Ohio State and they're losing by 50? Come on, guys, what are we doing? I, I, I'm not asking you to beat these teams, but for Christ's sake, can you compete? Blowout losses under Mel Tucker. Oh, but he's 10-1 and one in close games. Oh, really? What's he doing when he's not playing close? Oh, that's right, getting fucking annihilated. Minimum seven. And if you want me to be happy and confident we got the right guy, get to eight. That's where I stand with Michigan State. And my comments with Mel Tucker last week, they hold. Don't go crying in the media a week before the season. Don't basically tell your team that they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not good enough. We can't win the things you want us to win because we don't have NIL. What, wait, what? You know what, dude? You were the one who said you'd be out in front of NIL. You were the one who said you'd be cutting edge. You're the one who, who hey, the portal. Oh, all our guys, they bring a highlight reel to talk personally, and we're going to raid the portal. You know what, dude, figure it the fuck out. I don't want to hear it no more. I think they'll be better because if they're not, I'm going to burn the program to the ground, period. There is no excuse at a place like Michigan State to ever go 5-7. and seven. None. None inexcusable to do it back-to-back -back years you lose your job okay that's it so I expect them to be better I've laid out what I think is a realistic way of looking at the season seven and five and at a certain point you have goals you don't accomplish them it's like you have markers as an employee of a company you don't hit them you don't have a job no more that's where I'm at 
Friday night against CMU. We'll wait until Cookie shows up. We'll talk to him. We'll get into the game. I know what he's doing, and we'll have some fun with it. But th- that that's where I'm at with it. So, look, I appreciate you listening. I know if you're a Spartan fan, you're probably the only one who made it this far. If you're a college football fan, maybe you did. But shine a little light on a Big Ten program who better get it right or they're going to have some big problems. That's Cash the Ticket. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Rate, review, subscribe, and that whole, that whole dance. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.